This podcast is available on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be informed as new episodes become available. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. As always, check out our website at foodexperienceunplugged.com for some resources as you begin your health journey. Hey everyone, Michelle Seidling here celebrating the 100th episode of the Food Experience Unplugged podcast. So excited to be with you today to celebrate so many memories as we reflect on the first 100 episodes of the podcast. The podcast was initially created on a recommendation from my good friend, John Gross. He was a sports journalist for years, and he was our videographer at the time as we first honed in on different aspects of the food experience. His suggestion came as just a casual conversation on one day during a videography session. He said, you really need to get your message out, have those conversations that need to take place about food and wellness and the importance of prioritizing your health. Since then, the podcast has grown and grown. We initially talked with friends, with family with individuals about how they view the the food experience and what they're doing from a food perspective to optimize their health and well-being. It has since grown to add on health experts in many different wellness areas. We've had chefs, we've had medical professionals, we've had researchers, whole gamut of professionals focused on you and your health. The podcast is now a popular and sought-after podcast for crucial conversations about health and wellness. There are so many people who have made this podcast possible. All of our many, many guests, all 100 guests to be exact, as well as my friend John, so many different friends. Big shout out to people such as Gabe Leal, who was an inspiration to me with his own podcast, as well as people like Chris Hoffman at the Ambitious Vet Show, David Hennessy with The Wonder Technique, Dave Frost with Kaboomers, Scott Mater with Inspired Stewardship, and many, many more. Our first 100 podcast episodes can really be divided into five themes. The first is being prepared for your life and taking those steps to build your skills, and to build your courage to move forward in making those changes in your life. A great highlight is for my friend Vicki Woucher, as we talked about financial preparation and how that affects you in terms of your wellness. Here's a short clip. Because we get caught up on other things. So there's no clear plan. There's no clear vision. And I think sometimes if you even say to people, in the early stages of something. So what's your vision? What's your three-year vision? That can just terrify. It might even terrify some of your listeners. If I, if I ask you, the listener, what's your three-year vision? Some people will be on it. Yeah, right, okay, I know where I want to be. I know what I'm doing. Great, because that means you've already moved beyond and you're now on the ladder of moving towards the things that you want to achieve in your life. But if I say that to you and you're going, oh, I don't know, then that means that you, you, know, you haven't either waited long enough to get to the pain point and you don't have to wait or for whatever reason you don't have that clarity of what you do want life to be like and you mentioned my books um the orange book here is called the wealthy retirement plan a revolutionary guide to living the rest of your life in style and i think that's a a great metaphor everybody 
goes to work. We're trained to go to work. We're trained to have debts that we have to pay off by earning wages, to buy things that we don't really need, to eat more food than we really need, etc. So we go through life like this. And then many people aren't happy in their jobs. They're not happy in their jobs for many reasons. The job itself isn't fulfilling. The boss isn't nice. Or it takes them away from the things that are really important to them, maybe their family or their hobbies or their health but they're not in enough pain that they'll do anything about it. And they'll wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And then this thing called retirement magically happens at around 65. And then whether you're ready for it or not, the boss goes, right, okay, I don't need you anymore. Go home. And here, have this tiny pension, if you're lucky. We all know it's coming. You don't have to wait till you're 65. You can create the life that you want today by thinking about it after you've listened to this podcast work out how much it's going to cost in order to live that life work out how much money you've got what resources you've got and then create the money that you need in order to live the life that you want and start doing that tomorrow you could just do that and that's the five principles of the wealthy retirement plan it's clarity what do you want for the future control get your financial education sorted resources what have you got or can access that can help you start putting in place the financial plan to live the life you want leveraging those resources and then legacy that's it you don't have to wait for retirement you can start your legacy tomorrow our next theme is about gaining momentum and moving forward asking yourself well what if i don't do anything what will happen to me versus if i do something and if i take action what better health and wellness results can take place Here's a short clip from David Hennessy, the creator of the Wonder Technique. Afterward, he has an additional bonus video to celebrate our 100th episode. Let me ask you quick, because Please. you're you've been through all different experiences. You're still going strong. You're resilient. You've mm -hmm. learned a lot from each of those experiences. Yes. But at the at the other extreme, there are some who may be listening and, and maybe you know, when things happen in their lives, they may be much more hesitant to do to do different things or their mm. their attitudes may be may be different depending on their circumstances. In your experience with your own resilience building and experiences yeah. as well as people you've worked with, what what is that um how do you resolve the differences in that you've got two extremes and then you've got everything in between as far as building resilience? This is a very good question. How to get over things requires you to look at what would happen if you never get over them. Mm. You have to look at the worst case scenario as if I don't change my life right now, what am my life going to look like in five years? So what I do, for example, is for somebody who's trying to find themselves motivated to get out of financial debt, create better relationships in their lives, find the career that they love, or just change their lives physically, you need to go in the future five and 10 years and imagine, like I've used this example before. Imagine if you're, you know, you've got problems maybe with your, your physique and you're thinking, well, five, 10 years down the road, what if 15 years down the road did your children have children and you're a grandparent and you can't even bend over because of a physical issue that you could work on right now? Mm. Like it's, it's, not, it's not a genetic problem. It's something that you can change by your behavior. Would you be willing to accept the negative consequences? Chances are most people will not and that will drive motivation and this is what will get you to take action first of all you have to find the motivation inside of you not people around you nobody's going to make you do what you want to do 
it has to come from inside. That's what decision that I made on the couch, for example, not the therapist's couch, but the couch when I was lying down, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, lying there with my back just hurting like crazy. So I, I say to people, look to the future. Imagine the worst case scenario. Like, what if I continue smoking? What if I continue just, you know, I figure I'll get around to it eventually. You know, you have to desire that you need to make the change. Once you get the motivation and you make a decision. And the key thing is not just the motivation decision, is to actually take an action. It doesn't matter what the action is. You just pay attention to the result of the action. Okay. You need to create that momentum towards doing it. And it's not something that happens overnight, but it's either you're moving towards better state of well-being, being more resilient, or you're moving the opposite way. We're not static. And that's the danger is like people say, you know, as you get older, you're going to get X, Y, Z. And I don't believe that. It hasn't happened to me that as I've got older, I've got weaker and all those sort of things. But that's because I pay conscious attention to my own habits and behaviors. Not obsessed, but I've set the principles in place that I nourish every day. And that's part of the wonder technique. Hello everybody, this is David Hennessy over to Wonder Technique, and this is a special video that I'm creating especially for Michelle, who is uh, going to have her 100th episode of her podcast coming up, and she very kindly invited me to share some information with you that could be of benefit to you. If you're not familiar with my work, The Wonder Technique, it's a holistic approach to personal development, and there's a lot of little gems and ideas that I share with people uh, on my website and through my work with individuals. Here's an idea I would like to share with you that I really encourage people to use, and it's called framing the day. What it is is that the first thing you do is you wake up in the morning, before you open your eyes, you imagine with emotion the experiences that you want to have that day. Whether you're going to feel that you had an exceptional experience going for a run, whether you're having a conversation with a friend that day or a business meeting, you visualize it actually going positively. And then, as you wake up out of bed, take the time to make some notes down on a piece of paper to actually write it down what you want to experience that day and with gratitude in advance. Now, as the day is over and the day is finished and you before you get into bed, I encourage you to do the continuation of the framing of the day where you take the time to write down on the notepad your experiences that day that you're grateful for. And potentially, they'll be the exact experience that you had desired to create that day. In addition, as you go to sleep, just as you close your eyes, to think about what has happened that day that you can be grateful for and the positive experience that you have. Feel the emotion, look for that feeling inside of you, and then ponder again the things that you want to have experienced in your life. The benefit of this will be is that your day will feel less stressful because your focus is going to be on positive things right from the beginning of the day. And at the end of the day, as you settle down into sleep, you're focusing on things that are really important to you. Thank you again, Michelle, for giving me this opportunity to share. If you don't mind, I will share that people can find more information about my work at thewondertechnique.com. Look forward to joining you there and have yourself a wonderful day. Our third theme is about getting in motion, moving your body, moving yourself, moving your life. Here's a short clip from Dave Frost to exemplify that theme. Why the focus on motion? I, you know, with Master Fitness Trainer, you could have emphasized a whole host of different uh, topics, but why motion? 
Well, if I could uh, approach it from a couple couple different angles. The first one with a platitude, if you don't mind. You've probably heard it. Sitting is the new smoking. Bad things happen when we, as knowledge workers in corporate America, God bless the farmers and the people that are actually moving for their jobs, but most of us in the IT age are information technology age or knowledge. And unless we have a standing desk, we sit and we sit too much. Um, now we may work from home so we don't commute, but we probably sit because it's convenient. So sitting, that platitude really has merit. Sitting is evil. You don't move. You don't support your spine. Uh, you don't keep your internal organs aligned. You don't uh, breathe properly with your diaphragm. So um, the modern age has thrust inactivity upon us. Isn't it interesting in relation to that? So uh, activity generally is down. And consumption of food is way up. Uh, I believe it was an accurate, incredible statistic. Over the last 50 years, we Americans have consumed 500 more calories a day. That's a pound a week, more than we did 50 years ago. And with the fast food nation, we are consuming simple sugars that turn to fat, cause prediabetes, cause insulin insensitivities, many evil things because we became a corn economy, we became inactive, and, the, and it's a very simple yet hard solution or approach, if not a solution, motion is medicine. Moving to sweat and to exhale more carbon than you breathe in, or more carbon than you ingest, you wanna exhale more carbon dioxide. Now, of course, you can, urea is part of that, sweat is part of that, but the biggest way to lose fat is to breathe a lot, and that comes from moving. Isn't it interesting that if you if you just happened uh, a lapse, maybe with your kids or grandkids, you went to the Golden Arches and you got a Happy Meal that had a Big Mac, supersized fries, and a soda, your body, if you don't move, takes one full day to metabolize that carbon. Most wow. of it sugar, some of it fat, some of it protein. A day per Happy Meal. That is scary. A pound a week because we don't move. Our energy equation is out of whack. Uh, we don't move generally, and we don't uh, watch portion control, and we don't eat the good macro and micronutrients that we should to stay lean, to stay mobile, and to hunt for our next dinner. We've gotten pretty laid back and mellow, haven't we? So uh, motion is the key. I'm not saying it's um, simple. Uh, it's hard. It's very hard because of habits and the need for persistence and not relying on willpower or New Year's resolutions. Motion has to become an ingrained habit some folks refer to it as muscle memory, um, and if we want to use that term, we could, but it's, it's an ingrained habit. 43% of our habits are subconscious. The ones that work, you're dialed in. If you see, um, if you go to Starbucks, do I get a cappuccino with milk and do I get a sweet roll? Guess what? Five hours to metabolize that if you don't move. So we have this energy equation orthogonal or, or contrasting, if I could twist, uh, too much too much carbon ingested, not enough carbon exhaled as CO2. That's this simple solution is breathing and motion and sweat. It's hard, but that's the way to do it. Our next theme is about the importance of food and wellness on productivity. Here's a clip from Scott Nader of Inspired Stewardship. Scott also has an additional clip to celebrate our 100th episode with us. Where does food and wellness come in, in the priority 
or getting, <laughs> you know, addressing addressing the, the big rocks versus the, the smaller things? So as I said uh, earlier, the, the way I look at managing time is really much more about managing energy. Uh, first off, you know, we all have natural cycles. Um, you know, you, you've heard the term morning lark or, or night owl, or there's actually three if you think about the rhythms of energy that we have. And the other one is called a third bird generic name, but you know, there you go. Um, and it just has to do with the peaks and valleys of how our rhythms run during the day. So some of it is being aware of what, what's your natural bent. Uh, what, what, how do you kind of naturally live your life? Where are your peak energy and, and your low energy? One of the things is to then adjust what you do during the day to kind of fit that. You know, if you're at your best in the morning, you want to kind of put your most important stuff in the morning because <laughs> <You know, laughs> that's when you're best. That take the stuff that takes the most brain power, put it then. And as part of that, food fits in because, again, one of the things that will happen to people is they kind of put food in around the margins. Uh, mm. you know, I know when I was in the corporate world, oftentimes I was eating on the run at my desk, 10 minutes, whatever I could grab, you know, and usually it was junk. <laughs> and then about an hour and a half later, I have this huge crash in my energy and I want to crawl under the desk and take a nap. <laughs> you know, it took me a while to figure out, hmm, you know, eating sugar and all of this crud for lunch probably isn't doing me any favors. Um, you know, let's look into this a little bit more. And so I began to eat more you know, of, of things that for me at least would level that energy out. Now, that doesn't mean I was still at, for me, my peak was not right after lunch. That wasn't like my highest energy. Wow. You know, I'm ready to go, but at least I wasn't crashing. You know, I could still function. I could still get things done. I didn't put my most important task in that window of time because for my rhythms, it was not the highest energy peak. But again, by paying attention to my energy, I was able to track back and recognize, Hey, what you're doing, eating junk food, eating it quickly, eating at my desk, isn't working. Okay. I got to go leave my desk and go to the break room or go leave my desk and go outside. Or, you know, I would go for a walk after lunch. So we had a relatively large office. And so if I made a big loop around the office, it was a not insignificant walk. Mm -hmm. So I would go take about three laps around the office. Well, plus that let me go visit with people and say hi to check in with my employees. So there was kind of a ulterior motive too. But what did that do? It got blood pumping, it got things moving again, you know, got me away from the computer screen, which sucked the life out of you if you spend all your time in front of them. And I still do, and it still does, you know, but those sorts of things. So a lot of it comes back to recognizing your own internal rhythms, paying attention to those things and paying attention to what's happening to your energy level and then tracking back and either working with a health and wellness person, you know, working with a nutritionist, working with bringing in those resources so that you can kind of figure out what do I need to change? What do I need to, to tweak so that at the end of the day, you know, it, it's never going to be perfect. You always have peaks and valleys of your energy, but your valleys aren't crashing and, and instead are up at a level where you're you know, doing well. Uh, I, I actually think, you know, we, we have that after lunch slump that everybody has where they, oh, you know, I'm ready to take a nap. And some of that's natural, but it doesn't have to be as bad as it usually is. If you're taking care of your health and wellness, you know, you're doing the exercise that you need to do. You're eating well, as opposed to what a lot of us eat, which is junk. <laughs> you know, I, as an example, I drink a ton more water now that I've become aware of 
how dehydrated I really was. Um, mm. You know, I, I've dramatically increased my intake of water. I don't drink soda anymore to speak of. You know, every once in a while when I'm out at a restaurant, I'll have one. But it, it's just kind of an indulgent treat at that point. It's not a normal thing. That helps with my energy levels throughout the day. Because I think one of the reasons that my energy would drop is, again, my body's going, dude, go drink a glass of water, <laughs> you know, but it, but I wasn't doing it. I wasn't listening to what it was asking me to do. Great to help celebrate with the Food Experience Unplugged podcast. And I'd like to share a little bit about my morning routine. So when I get up in the morning, of course, I take care of some hygiene and those sorts of things. And I get myself a cup of coffee. But then the first thing I do is sit down and have some quiet time where I meditate. And I read some spiritual things and I journal a little bit about how I'm feeling about the day and what I'd like to get done today and what I'm looking forward to. I spend a little bit of time doing those things, about 10 or 15, maybe even 20 minutes on some mornings. Then I'll spend about another 10 minutes reading some nonfiction material, something that I'm trying to study or get better at or learn about during the day. I have some other things that I do like texting my mother and certain people in my life and spending some time greeting them and making sure that they know I'm thinking of them in the morning. But then I transition into my work day with a work startup routine where I check all of the input that came in overnight through email and other sources. I look at my calendar. I look at the to-do list that I put together the night before. I make any adjustments. And then I roll straight in to getting my work day done and working since I work from home and I work for myself. I have to make sure I have that discipline of getting started early and getting a good start on the day. Our last theme for the 100 episodes is about understanding yourself and your abilities. Here's a short clip from Karen Nicole Batar to celebrate and highlight our theme. Because your fundamental nature, a person's fundamental nature, who they really are at like core, who they really are is... I mean, they're love through and through. They are abundance. They are creativity. They are intelligence. They have a geniusness within them. And so if, if you're experiencing something, if someone's experiencing something other than that, it's, it's, it's actually a departure from their natural state, who they fundamentally are. And so it's like when you, and so there is a lack of understanding there. And what, what people think is, or kind of like what a general kind of, kind of general kind of thoughts are about this is like, that's just what life is. And of course I was, you know, I was told that by my colleagues, like, this is just what life is. Like life is, it's not great. Right. Like it's, and, and the thing is, is like, this has become normalized. Like it's, it's become normalized to live in states of disease. It's become normalized to live in states of stress or living in states of this is wrong or that is wrong, or I'm a victim to this or that it's become normalized. It's not normal. It's not our fundamental nature. It's not who we are. And so if someone's living in states like that, I would say you actually lack an understanding of who you are and how you function. And if you understood who you are and how you functioned, you would have a very different experience. And that's really what changed my life. That's what transformed my life was me understanding me, me understanding who I was and how I functioned. I have been in awe about the first 100 episodes and how far we've come. I look forward to sharing each of the next 100 episodes with each of you. I hope you'll take a time to reflect, to review different podcast episodes, and to apply them to your life. I look forward to sharing the next 100 episodes and beyond with you. 
Hey everyone, Michelle Seidling here at Food Experience Unplugged. Are you enjoying the Food Experience Unplugged podcast and are ready to ramp it up a level? Then it's time to go premium. With a premium podcast membership, in addition to all the great podcast episodes you know and love, you'll receive additional bonus content and exclusive interviews from many of our podcast guests. You'll receive a live Q&A access each month where I'll address questions pertaining to holistic health and how you can start your journey. You'll also receive weekly shorter video clips with information on tips, tricks, and strategies to get started, to build consistent habits, and to take charge of your health. Go premium today. I'll see you there.